0: Good morning. Okay, I have a pan of water here, and I want you to tell me if you think these things will float or sink. Have a a wooden block. What do you think? Float? Okay. Yep, it'll float. How about my spoon? It's going to sink, right? Okay. You're right. Okay, how about this piece of aluminum foot? It's what? It's going to float? Okay, now I have another one. What's this one going to do? Float? You sure? I just thought it would sink. But it doesn't. It floats. You're smarter than I am because I thought, sure, it would sink. Okay, so are you a floater or a sinker? If I took you to the lake and threw you in, would you float or would you sink? (laughs) For me, I'd float very, very, very shortly and then I would sink. Okay, we're not going to throw you in the water to decide. But in life, there are things that um, trouble us, and sometimes those things might cause us to kind of get our spirits sinking. So today's story from the Bible might help us to realize what we can do when those things are coming to us and maybe making our spirits sink. You remember the story in the Bible about Jesus feeding the 5,000 people with uh, five loaves and two fishes? Okay, right after that, Jesus said to his disciples, would you get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake and I'm going to go up on the hill a little ways and pray and be by myself and and rest. So the disciples got in the boat and they went, started towards the other side of the lake and it seems like in a lot of our stories, a storm came up and it was... uh, making the boat rock back and forth. And the disciples were kind of afraid because it was a pretty bad storm. And all of a sudden, what do you think they saw? They saw a man walking toward them on the water. Can you walk on water? No, I don't know anybody who can, but Jesus was walking toward them on the water, and the water was rough. And Peter, one of the disciples, who is quite a character, said, Jesus, is that you? If it is, let me walk out to you. Jesus sa- or Peter said, if that's you, I want to walk out on the water and meet you. And Jesus said, it's me, come to me. And Peter jumped out of the boat, and what do you think happened? Did he sink or did he float? He walked on the water for a little bit. He was walking towards Jesus, and all of a sudden he looked down and he said, Oh, my gosh, where am I? What am I doing here? And he started to sink. And Jesus took him by the hand and led him back to the boat, and then he said, because you took your eyes off of me, you couldn't walk on the water anymore. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to keep thinking about Jesus. And when those tough things come along and we start to feeling down and our spirits get low and we're sad and we're upset, we need to remember that if we're walking with Jesus, everything's going to be fine. And we're not going to sink. We're going to float. Okay? Let's pray. God, help us, each one of us, to remember that when things get rough, when storms come and, and we're upset, we're afraid, we're sad, uh, we're, we're not sure just what's going on in our life, help us to remember that you're with us and that you will keep us safe and that we can trust in you to see us through the storm. Amen.
1: Thank you for coming up. The scripture passage this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 through 34. Listen to me what the Spirit is saying to the church. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they had climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Genesaret. The words of God for the people of God.
2: Loving and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I want to take you back in time to roughly 15 years ago. And it hurts me a little bit to say that because it doesn't feel like it should be that long ago. I was in college and that's been 15 years. Anyway, uh, it was the summer. So naturally, I was at Lake Ponsa camp. And although the story isn't about me, it is about a friend of mine. And her name is Bridget. Bridget and I worked at camp for five years together, and she would go on to work there full-time for a while, uh, year-round in the offices. <clears throat> and as much as Lake Ponset is a meaningful and special place for me, it is probably even more so for her. And she loved being on the water. We would go tubing together, skiing, kayaking, canoeing. If it was on the water, we've done it. And uh, when one day, and it wasn't super nice, out, I remember that, She wanted to go sailing. We had these catamarans, 16-foot catamaran. Well, we had one of them. We had some smaller day sailors as well. But she wanted to go out, and it wasn't super nice. It was cold. It was windy. And I was not in the mood. (laughs) I said, no, I'm not doing that. If if you want to go, that's fine, but you find someone else. And so the only other person at the camp who was as adventurous as she was was our boss, Steve. And so Steve and Bridget went out on the water on that catamaran. And they would fly across Lake Ponset on that thing. When it's windy, if you catch it just right, you can really get moving. And as they were going to make a turn, they flipped the catamaran over. And when that happened, Bridget actually fell off into the water. And then the sail came down over top of her And as she described it later, it was terrifying because she couldn't find the surface of the water. And she was under and flailing. And she said that in the midst of that, all of a sudden she just felt this hand go right into the water, grab her, and save her. And it was Steve, our boss. And for a long time after that, we would joke that it was always the hand of Steve that would save us from many of our predicaments at camp, which happened More than I care to admit. Early in his ministry, Simon Peter had something similar happen to him, only it wasn't the hand of Steve that saved him from drowning, it was the hand of Jesus. Remember that Simon Peter, he grew up on the water. He was a fisherman by trade and had spent his whole life going back and forth on the Sea of Galilee, fishing, making his way from shore to shore on a boat. This was as familiar to him as dry land. Now, in my mind, when I read about the Sea of Galilee, and I'm sure probably none of you do this, but in my mind, I imagine Lake Ponset. That's the body of water that I am the most familiar with. I know some of you are familiar with this one as well. Uh, But the Sea of Galilee is really quite a bit bigger than my beloved lake. The sea was about 13 miles long and eight miles wide at that widest point, as you see on the screen. Uh, And that means that the area was give or take around 100 square miles. So just for comparison, if you've been to Lake Ponset, Lake Ponset is the second largest natural lake in South Dakota that doesn't include our reservoirs, number one being Lake Thompson, which I also grew up nearby. Lake Ponset is about 12 square miles. So you can see the Sea of Galilee a bit bigger. The Sea of Galilee was roughly 103 feet deep. Lake Ponset on a good year, about 16 feet deep because we can thank the glacial lakes for that. The glaciers, you know, came and just made these little deposits of shallow bowls of lakes. So uh, the Sea of Galilee is just a bit more daunting. Our boats that we use on Lake Pons that are pretty small in comparison with the boats that would have been going back and forth in the Sea of Galilee, the boat that Jesus and his disciples would have been on uh, was been, would have been much bigger than that 16 foot catamaran that Bridget and Steve sailed on that fateful day. In fact, did you know that they actually found? They call it the Jesus boat, but they actually found a boat in the Sea of Galilee, um, one of the years where it was the sea was low in the muddy shallows. They found this boat that they date back to the time of Jesus. This boat is 27 feet long, about seven and a half feet wide. It would have had a mast. Uh, and then it also would have been powered by four people with oars. Um, this is the exact kind of boat that Jesus would have used with his disciples. It fits 13 people, which is really convenient. Yet when you are Jesus and you have 12 disciples, that's exactly the size you need. So this is, this is the kind of boat that they would have been on. So remember... Jesus has sent his disciples off. He has had been teaching he's dismissing the crowd, and then he goes off to pray. So the disciples are in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, hundred foot deep, very large lake, and they encounter a storm now remember twenty seven foot boat all they have to power it are four oars because in a storm like that, you don't put your sail up because the winds would just break your mast and it would just go down so They don't have a lot of power here. Um, And Jesus wasn't on the boat with them. Remember, he stayed behind to pray. But somehow Jesus knew that they needed him. Now, most likely, he wouldn't have been able to see them where they were from shore uh, because it's dark. This It's the fourth watch of the night. So it's the middle of the night. It's dark. There's a storm happening. You can't see very far in a storm. And most likely, the storm blew them off course. It says that the boat was far away from the shore, being buffeted by the waves and the wind. So they're probably not where Jesus thought they were going to be or not where they had intended to be. But still, Jesus knows exactly where they are. He knows exactly how to find them. And he approaches them by walking on water. Now, this terrifies the disciples, because who expects someone to be walking on the water? You have to understand there was a belief at this time that at the bottom of the Sea of Galilee was a connection to the underworld to the world of the dead, because it was so deep they didn 't know for sure how deep this sea was. Uh, they would try to measure by by using a weighted rope at one hundred and three feet that 's pretty deep and so they they thought that that maybe that connected it, w- it went so deep that it kind of connected to the underworld, and so that 's part of the reason that they think that Jesus might be a ghost because they think maybe. A soul has escaped from the underworld and they're in the middle of the storm, and it's kind of like a Grim Reaper situation where he's coming to collect them or something. So they're terrified. That's what's going on. And Jesus responds to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Have you heard God or Jesus use that phrase, don't be afraid, before? Did you know that God tells people in Scripture, either God, God the Father, through Jesus, 140 times, do not be afraid. It's one of the most common things that God tells his people. I think this part of the story is a big reason that we have this story in the first place, why it is included in the Gospels. This isn't a time where Jesus is actually teaching his disciples, but it does teach us something incredibly important about Jesus. This story tells us that Jesus will walk on water to get to us in the dark and stormy times of our lives just as Jesus was able to get to the disciples who were in the middle of a deep lake in a storm, whatever storms that you are facing in your life, Jesus can get to you as well. And he's going to tell you the same thing. Be encouraged. Don't be afraid. I am here and I am with you. Now, currently, Ethan and Ben uh, both sleep in their own rooms at night, neither of which are the room that Jason and I sleep in. Praise Jesus, hallelujah, we finally got to that point in my life. Uh, and it's a good arrangement and encourages, encourages the most sleep for everybody in this arrangement. I will say that both of them slept until 8 o'clock this morning. So for those of you who are lamenting the, the spring forward, I am not I hate fall back with with little babies because they don't know how to sleep that extra hour. So I'm I'm well-rested. I don't know about the rest of you. After years of waking in the night, we're finally getting these long stretches of sleep, and it's great, but there are still times when one of the boys will wake up in the night, and it will be dark, and maybe a noise has startled them, and they cry out in the dark. And what they want is for mommy or daddy to come. In that moment, it is not about explaining to them what frightened them or telling them that they need to be brave. In that moment, what they need is to be close to their parent, to the person that they trust the most in the whole world, whose job it is, is to make them feel safe. And once they know that either Jason and I are there, they calm down. And they realize that whatever was scary wasn't nearly as powerful as the love that their parents have for them. And then they go back to sleep. If you are a parent, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. But what, I'm, what I want to say is that this is the same thing for you and I when we go through our dark storms in life. Jesus doesn't always calm the storm. Jason and I don't always fix whatever it is that has startled our boys in the night. But Jesus will come to us no matter the situation. Jesus will be with us. We don't have to be afraid because we do not face the storms in this life alone. You have Jesus with you. You should be encouraged by that. You know, you're going to be okay. Take comfort that Jesus will walk on water to be with you. He will be with you in the storm, and he will never leave your side that's a pretty good, like, we could just end it there, but that's not the end of our story. Simon Peter, of course, has to insert himself into every situation he possibly can. That's just who he is. That's what, he's, that's what he does. But I have to say, I'm really glad that he does. We can learn so much from Simon Peter, both about faith and failure, and how often they seem to go hand in hand. Jesus just gets done <laughs> I just love Simon Peter so much. Jesus literally just heads the words out of his mouth, don't be afraid, and Peter responds with, Lord, if it is you, because he's still probably not entirely for certain that this is not a ghost, uh, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus tells him to come. Something I want you to notice here, Simon Peter doesn't just jump out of the boat when he realizes it's Jesus and expect Jesus to do what he wants He actually tells Jesus, if it is you, tell me, tell me to come out onto the water. Jesus does, or Simon Peter doesn't just start making plans. We see later that he will. Uh, But early on in the ministry, he waits for Jesus to tell him to come. He has an idea, but he waited to see if that's what Jesus would want as well. And I think there is a lesson in there for us. It's a subtle difference to just jump out of the boat versus having the idea to step out of the boat and checking to see, does this align with God's will? Also, let us notice that out of all of the disciples, Simon Peter is the only one willing to join Jesus on the water. The other 11 are happy to stay in the boat right? The storm is still raging. The water is still deep. They are just getting over the fact that they are not being haunted and that Jesus is now walking on water, which they're probably not sure what to do with that information yet either. And the last thing in their mind is to get out of the boat. But Simon Peter, he sees this and he's willing to go. He sees an opportunity for something incredible and he, he's willing to seize the moment. The others are content to remain where they believe it is safe. So often, we are content to stay in the boat. We are content to stay in our comfort zones. But Jesus told Peter to come. Jesus wanted Peter to get out of the boat, to put his faith in Jesus, to test out whether or not Jesus could be trusted. And could Jesus be trusted? Yes, Peter takes some steps on the water, and I have to believe that in that moment, it was incredible. It was amazing. It was mind-blowing. I'm sure that the people in the boat were also amazed that Peter was doing this thing. Peter is amazed, but the storm comes at him, and he loses focus, and down he goes. But he cries out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reaches out his hand and caught him. In his need, Peter cries out to the one that can save him. And Jesus immediately catches him. When we feel like we are sinking beneath the waves of the storms of life, call out to Jesus. Trust in him that he can save you. Because Jesus is there. He is with you in that storm, and he will catch you. And he says, and I don't think that he is saying this in a way to be, to uh, chastise Peter, but I think it's more as a loving friend, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? He told Peter, the only one with enough faith to actually step out of the boat, that he was the one with little faith. Imagine what Jesus thought of the other 11, right? Why did you doubt? The story immediately before this one is Jesus feeding the 5,000 with the loaves and fish. Peter and the disciples have seen what Jesus can do. Jesus was walking on water toward them. Miracle after miracle, Jesus has just done. Simon Peter himself had just walked on water, something he has never done before. But when the waves come, he doubted. It can be easy to judge him knowing the context, but we have so much more evidence of what Jesus has done and who Jesus is. We have lifetimes of stories of the faithfulness of Christ and the ways in which God has been there for God's people, and yet we still doubt. And yet sometimes... We can still believe that god isn't with us in our storms or that we are facing something that is bigger than what god can handle but know this even in our moments of doubt jesus is still there even though peter failed Jesus still caught him. Even though the rest of the disciples didn't get out of the boat, Jesus still joined them on the boat and called them into ministry. Peter often took two steps forward in faith, only to stumble backwards time and time again. But that should be an encouragement for each of us as we stumble to find our faith and to trust and to go beyond what we know to where God is calling us to be because it is God that is calling us out of the boat. The final thing about this story that I want us to remember is that early on, Jesus says and does things that reveal him to be more than just a rabbi, more than just a teacher, that he is the Son of God. And what details in this story reveal that? Well, there are two big ones. What he says as he approaches the boat and his ability to control the weather. First, when Jesus approaches the boat and the disciples are scared, he tells them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. But if we were to look at the Greek translation, the phrase, it is I, is actually ergo a me, for all of you Greek scholars out there, which means I am. Does that ring any bells for you? When Moses is being called by God to go back into Egypt and challenge the Pharaoh and to let tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses says, who should I say that is telling me to do all of this? How does God respond? I am. Say that I am has sent you. Take courage. I am. Don't be afraid. God is with you. And if that wasn't enough, when Jesus gets in the boat, the winds die down. Coincidence? I think not. Not after he walks on water. Not after the fact that no other prophet can control the weather. Only God can control the weather. Only God can control the natural world in that way. We will see this again in other stories about storms on the sea, where Jesus has an ability to calm the storm. Early in his ministry, Jesus is already revealing to the disciples that they are following more than just a rabbi. They are following the Son of God. So today, may we take away from this story that whenever you find yourselves in the storms of life, Jesus will be with you. Whenever you are tempted to stay in the boat, Jesus is going to encourage you to walk on water. And whenever you stumble, Jesus will be there to pick you up. Simon Peter learned these lessons very early on in his discipleship, and it served him well. So may you also put your trust in Jesus. So let us pray. Lord, help me be the disciple you want me to be. Help me answer your call to be brave and to climb out of the boat, to leave my comfort zone, to walk with you. When I am beset by storms and sinking, take my hand and rescue me. Climb into my boat and calm the wind and the waves. In your holy name, amen.